Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show, today is December 22nd, 2020, and it is a Tuesday this time. I think I said last week Wednesday was Tuesday, and I don't know, it gets a little confusing with staying home a lot. However, there's a lot to come out of this time, and we are tackling it one thing at a time. What could it be? What is the most important gift that you can gift yourself? And, you know, we think love and we think self-love, but the reason I'm doing this show is to get to love and to get to self-love, there is a step before that. And imagine what your life would be like when you listen to yourself and you kind of don't feel stupid that you've listened to yourself. There was somebody I worked with, and it was a long time ago, and it never left my mind, that when I asked why, they couldn't do what they actually wanted to do. They told me that they didn't feel comfortable when they listened to themselves, because then they didn't have a problem. Now, really think about that. When we get used to feeding issues, problems, challenges, whatever comes to our door, when we listen to ourselves and we know what to do next, we are so not used to that feeling that we push it away. So for a minute, take one thing you really want to do for yourself, And really hear it out. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to go back to school? Why do you want to start that movie? Why do you want to start exercising? Why do you want to write a book? Why do you want to start a family? Why do you want whatever it is you're deciding? And then imagine what it feels like to accept feeling good about that. So that at the very least, you will have seen it once. And then anytime something tries to attack those good feelings, tell yourself, I'm learning something new. And this is what it feels like to feel good. When people have fear of success or feel like frauds or feel like if they get what they want, Now what will they complain about because they don't know how to live without pointing a finger outside of themselves, knowing full well that that finger is pointing at them and it's their own. 
And any time, any time you have to live in fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt, whatever it is you're thinking is laced with the pillars of ego in there holding it up. But those pillars are on quicksand. So what is the most important gift you can give yourself? How do you learn to listen? How do you learn to feel good and accept that? And it's not just temporary because something great happened that day that justified everything else. You just feel good for feeling good. And you would be shocked at the answer. But I've been going through this for a while now. And I did not get the answer for a while. So I'm just going to make you wait a whole nother year. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. But it would be funny because then it would really be a test of what this is. But it is one thing. One thing. And as you're sitting there, just try to guess what it is. If you're in chat, write it in chat. What, what one thing do you think is behind us feeling good about feeling good? And you won't believe it. I didn't, but the more I went through what I was doing and then I started to apply this because I thought I was, but I guess I wasn't all the way. Think about it. Then a contrast our thinking. You're about 30 seconds away from having something come in and soothe out the, the edges of our lives. And Francis writes, taking ourselves seriously. Do we take ourselves seriously? And, and Maria writes, fear to lose it. Now, the fear is the ego, so now we have fear, so what do we have? A leg of quicksand, and we want a solid pillar, right? But I would think those. I think those all the time. Why don't I listen to myself? Why don't I take myself seriously? Well, I better do it. You either use it or you lose it, and all that kind of thinking. But then we have Christ, right, because he's our little resource. Well, a big resource. But I got so used to him that it's like a part of me. And we are so used to hearing him, or at least getting a result of what I hear. And a lot of you hear things too. It is patience. Patience. Behind every success in our lives. Because when we are patient, there's certain things that start to happen to us that give us that that time and space to do what we need to do to get where we need to go. Because having patience forces us to breathe. While, while, operative word, while we are doing what we're doing. If you want to lose weight, you definitely need patience because no one loses weight overnight. That definitely takes time. That's why people run to the gym at the first of the year and they're gone after two weeks because nothing happened yet. 
patience makes us breathe through. Like, okay, this is going to take me three months. I'm at two weeks. So nothing should be happening yet. Because when we breathe, we touch home, right? And when we touch home, we have less anxiety. And when we have less anxiety, our personal attacks to our, to ourselves and to others are less and less and less until they're gone. When we are patient and we breathe, and we have less anxiety, and there's less attacking going on, we become more organized. And it's a natural happening. Patience in breath, patience, period, is this avalanche of good on top of good on top of good. And it's hard to be patient. So in the beginning of being patient, We are really impatient trying to be patient. It's like, okay, I'm patient. Well, no, no, you're not. I found that out. I would tell myself, I mean, especially with what I've been going through, although now I'm kind of coasting, which is I'm thanking God for. I don't think things are better with our health issue. However, how I'm dealing with it, is what is different. Took me those five weeks I was off from the radio to stop running like a nut. Trying to fix everything. Make it go away. Everything be back to normal. That didn't happen. I'd go to bed and, and beg Christ for so many things. Like, oh, wow, Christ, i got to wake up tomorrow and do this again. Please let them get better. Please let me take care of them in the best way I can. Please don't make me so tired because it's really hard when I'm tired. But what came out of it was take away everything that I can't actually do. Even a phone call was too much. And even to today feels like too much. I had to draw hard lines that this is all I'm going to do every day so that I can do it and breathe. And that patience allowed me to do a lot more in my day, but I feel it less because patience takes away pressure. Feeling like I I didn't have time to take a bath and I don't have time to eat and I don't have time to sit and I don't have time. And I would actually have time. Like I would wake up at 3 or 4 in the morning just to have time while everyone was still asleep. And the whole time that I had, I was anxious that it was going to go away, that I would have to drop every thought, everything I wanted to do and anything I could have wanted to write or whatever, was that time was going to pass. And then I started saying, oh, I'm up at three. It'll only take me half an hour to shower and I'll get dressed and I'll start the day preparing for the day, which I always knew 
But when this illness came and it blindsided us because it just happened, it didn't progress to happening. It was like, boom, there we were, and now we're hooked up to a kidney machine. And after the kidney machine, now we have a heart insert. And after that, we still have the symptoms. And that's where we're at right now. But I had to tell myself, actually talk to myself and say, you did not make this happen. You are doing your best for them. But you have to do best for yourself or you are going to resent what is going on. And that's not fair to me or to them. There were a lot of coming to Jesus moments in all of that. But when I applied patience, and at first it's super conscious. It's like when you when you first go on a diet and somebody brings you donuts and you're looking at the donuts and all you could think of is, God, I could eat just one, but I don't know about you guys, but once I'm on something sweet, I'm all over it. It's it's definitely a drug. I could go to Krispy Kreme and eat three or four donuts. I used to do that. Now I look at it and say, oh, my God, that's fried white flour with sugar on it. Jesus, what was I thinking? But now with patience... I would say something like, oh, wow, I used to eat that. And if I ate that today, I would feel horrible. So I'll just walk away and I'll forget. But if I do eat it, that sugar is going to spark me to want something with sugar on it more. Or it's going to make me want something salty. And so my big filter question was, When I go to bed at night, am I going to feel horrible for doing this or do I want to go to bed happy? I mean, I really had to work that because the sugar thing was super hard. Not having Coke with my meals took me two years, two years. And so I finally just said not even once in a while because that once in a while was a big trigger. But with my behavior, that's more invisible, right? what you're thinking. And sometimes you just think you're doing your best, but when you're not happy and when you're overtired, just me switching out, rushing and feeling like I didn't have time, but doing the stuff I thought I didn't have time for, having the patience to do the stuff that I needed to do, gave me more time, took away the anxiety made me feel more organized and put everything on hold that I really, really, really didn't have time for. It made me pay more attention to food prep, not just for me, but for them because they have to have a special diet. And while I was doing stuff, while I am doing stuff, I'm reeled into the moment. I don't feel like, oh, my God, i got to do this, and then once it's done, i got to do that. And it just never ends. It does end. 
our mind and how we can work with our mind is immeasurable. We just have to try. Our mind can't do it for us, but we can do it for our mind. Think about that. Our minds can't tell us what to do, but they can listen to us, can listen to us. We just have to know what to tell it. Garbage in, garbage out. Trust in, trust out. Love in, love out. Patience in, patience out. So I would go out on a limb to say if I were to do anything to prepare myself for the rest of my life, starting today, starting on the new year, whatever motivates you to start, look at your life and look at where you feel pressure or anxiety towards. I'm always worried about my kids. I'm always worried about money. I'm always worried about whatever, fill in the blank. I remember I did have patience, but I also knew the reality of how little money I had. And I had to make ends meet, and I had two kids. But because of my patience, because I used to tell myself, well, I got to live every day anyway. Why don't I live it happy? It was a decision I made because I did not want my children's childhood to be marred by us not having money. I worked two jobs to keep them in the house when we got divorced so that their whole life didn't just go somewhere else. Yes, their father wasn't living with us anymore, but we were in the same house, went to the same schools, had the same friends, drove the same car. Even though it was set up for me to fail and everything was rearranged to where I wasn't going to get any money. And I say that and I'm not even upset because it made me who I am today. And I would do it again to be who I am today. But at that time, I made a decision that this was not going to be my children's life. And thank God for Costco because I bought everything from there. (laughs) Anywhere from socks to underwear to food. But they already did all the research. All the best stuff was there. All I had to do was go to one place. It's the only time I had. And they grew up with a house full of kids because I opened my doors to everybody so that I can be with my kids. Now my kids are, what, 28 and 30? And they're at that age where it's time for them to do their lives. They're like, how do you do it? And I said, well, if I really thought about it, I probably would have crumbled under it. But I took one day at a time. And there's that saying. It was, um, I don't know if anybody remembers the singer Lionel Richie. But um, he sang that song all night long. And one day he was on Oprah. 
And Oprah's like, oh, I know. I love that song, All Night Long. And he goes, Oprah, Oprah, All Night Long has turned into a half an hour. And he was joking. But she asked him how he dealt with fame. And he really said, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. I have used that over and over again in my mind. That you can only take life one bite at a time. Our problem is is we want to gulp it down. We want to get on to the next thing, whatever that next thing is. But enjoying a bite of food, not eating while you're standing and running around, but really preparing having the patience to prepare something you really love and you sit down and you eat it and you enjoy it while you're eating it is different than just filling up. And you eat more when you're standing going back and forth because you feel like you're just getting a little snack and you don't realize how much you're taking down. But when you have the patience, a lot of other issues that would not materialize because of the patience, you will start to feel that room to breathe, like, hey, things do work. And, wow, I can be okay when they work. I can handle my life being okay. Oh, this is what that feels like. Huh, why didn't I push for this before? We start asking those questions because we could really run our minds. Oh, the political situation these days, we're all going to die. Are we? Has anyone died before? Over angst and worry? No. Oh, the money situation. Is there help? Are there ways to help yourself? Is there a different way to bring in some money to keep yourself going until? Did you take care of today? Because if you can take care of today, you will take care of tomorrow. I have had to live all these scenarios. And there were times I would go, you know what, God, sometimes I think it's just easier to not be here than it is to be here. What the heck? Yeah, what the heck? Well, we have tools. Tools. And we have feelings that we get that tell us we're not on the right track. Anxiety. We start attacking ourselves. We start putting ourselves down. Now we start judging other people who we feel like, well, who are they to be so happy? How many times have you heard someone say that, if not yourself? What are they doing different? How could they accept being happy? Everyone's talking about them. Look at the mess they've made of their lives. What are they doing being happy about it? Don't they care? I don't know. Patience, patience, patience. I would look up patience. I would ask myself in the places where I feel like I've always wanted to do that and I just could never get to it. The time is there. We just 
have to be patient enough to get rid of attacking ourselves, to get rid of being anxious about not being able to organize ourselves. When we start breathing, when we breathe, we exchange energy with home. Instead of feeling like our mind is running us and won't stop chattering, we decide what the chatter will be. Bigger, we decide what it won't be. Because ego slides in there, and I know those thoughts surprise you because they surprise me when I get them. And I'm like, holy cow, where did that come from? Why would I think that? Oh, and what if this happens to myself, to the kids, to our ill, to our family? Well, what if it does happen? Like, why would you even come into my head and start messing with my great day? Might it be even the most uneventful day, but in my heart, it's a great day. I'm here. I had the opportunity to be here. And this is what I'm going to do with this day. That self-talk we have can come to us through our lens of our egos. So it can corner us and limit us and anxious us and make us feel like we're in a box and if we jump out, we're going to be all alone. Or we can say, geez, I've navigated my life until now. And somehow I got here and a lot of that stuff I used to worry about, I don't worry about anymore. Why did I used to worry about that again? And why am I worried about this? Because it's the same thing. It's a fill in the blanker. And gosh, do you remember when I used to visit the excuse buffet all the time? Oh, well, I'm sad because of this and I'm sad because of that. I've had people tell me they were sad because their best friend's dog is sick. And I'm like, just wish the dog well. Pray for the dog. Why do you feel bad? Well, I just can't take it. What can't you take? Or how I always get the whole... I'm okay. I'm okay. Feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for myself, but I'm okay. Like, no, you're not. If you were okay, you wouldn't say it like that. And I get her to laugh. Because I'm like, oh, my God, we're back in the I'm okay box. What if we just said, I'm doing well? Then our mind's like, yay, you're doing well. Let's do this. Instead of, oh, you're just okay. Go sit in your corner until you're better. That's a choice. But when we have patience, we say things like, huh, I get that feeling like I just don't know what to do with myself. Just kind of like ho-hum. I feel okay, but I don't feel great. But then you could say to yourself, yeah, this feeling has come and gone quite a bit in my life. I ended up forgetting it. I remembered the times that I overcame it. But maybe I only remember them because I really don't try very much to overcome it. Sometimes I like it. It makes me want to curl up and read or fall asleep on the couch. Sometimes I just need that. But it doesn't mean that it's bad. 
just means that's what I need right now. Patience. Breathing. Challenging. The stuff that tries to rob us of our time and our presence in our own lives is a workable solution. You guys, my time is up for today. I love you guys so very much. Have a great day, and I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.